are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tony and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. As with every episode, we start off this one saying that the intended audience are newcomers to pharmacy informatics. And today we're going to be talking about readiness assessments and I guess what it means to be ready for an implementation or change in the organization. So when you're working on clinical information system projects like the EMR or the pharmacy information systems or implementing a new technology like barcode medication administration for a place that doesn't have it yet, or even just like a new pharmacy third-party solution for, let's say, changing the way that you place orders for medication so that you could meet the 340B requirements, things like that, things that actually require a large change in the organization. A lot of these things will always have that challenge of getting everybody to be on board. And whether the organization or team or whatever it is, the organization, whether they are ready for that. So I wanted to talk about an article from 2011. And this article is the clinician's perceptions of organizational readiness for change in the context of clinical information systems projects, insights from two cross-sectional surveys. And this was an article that was published in the Journal of Implement Science. And the primary author was Paré plus a few other authors, which... I can't really pronounce their name, so I'm not going to say it or try, but I do have a link to the article in the show notes for you guys to look at it if you want to uh, read more about it. So I won't go into very specific detail, but the article does look at two cross-sectional surveys that were conducted, and it's trying to figure out what kind of things would hold back an organization from being ready to adopt a new change in terms of clinical information systems. And it's really interesting because in healthcare, we always talk about how like we're behind on technology. We have all this technology, so we need to adopt it and, you know, better improve patient care with the technologies that are available, you know, using them in innovative ways. However, at the same time, healthcare does have a lot of resistance to that change, even if they are benefiting the clinical leaders in doing their job and improving patient care. So previous articles and studies out there that have been done on this kind of topic have found there are many different factors which uh, tie into why people would be resistant to change. And that does include like, you know, people's early perceptions of a product, or maybe they have a certain type of belief, or maybe they just don't feel like they're owning any of the process, like they don't get involved in it. And because they're not involved in it, they think that this product is not made for them. So that whole culture just like pushes them to not want to change. So what this study found was that there were four hypotheses that were supported in terms of like what is actually the right things to consider when you're implementing these change. And when they conducted the survey, one of the studies showed that these four were whether people felt that this change was appropriate, uh, whether the organization was flexible or not, whether the organization had a clear vision of where they want to head in the future, and historically, if the organization has had effective and successful changes in the past. Their second study also found four hypotheses that were supported, and two of those hypotheses actually ended up being the same as the first study. The second study had the additional ones in which one of them is whether there's an effective project champion, so someone that's leading the project effectively, and whether there is a collective self-efficacy. And the study used a research model that was kind of broken down into four major categories. So the first is the attributes of change, which talked about vision, clarity, change appropriateness, and change efficacy. Then there was leadership support, which is top management support or presence of an effective champion. And there was also internal content, which is the organizational history of change, organizational conflicts, 
organizational flexibility and others. And then there's also attributes of the change targets. So that's the collective self-efficacy. So they use this as the research model to base these two surveys on. To kind of go a little bit into more detail, the attributes of change refer to what is that change? Like what factor of the change? So vision clarity is kind of self-explanatory. It's whether the vision of the organization is clear or not. Change appropriateness is also self-explanatory. Change efficacy is a sense of whether it is effective. So it's the form of like, what are you expecting? Will the efforts lead to a successful accomplishment? So that's what change efficacy is. So under leadership support, that's when you're talking about interpersonal networks and support that exists throughout the org. And like I said earlier, they use the research model in which there's top management support and then presence of a project champion. So top management support really just talks about the senior managers and they play a crucial role in determining whether the uh, information systems project, clinical system project succeeds or fails. And then the presence of project champion, it's whether you have these people who have that personal vision of using this product or tool. So usually, let's say if you have an oncology EHR project, you would want to have one of the providers in oncology, maybe preferably a director, uh, be that person to kind of lead and champion that project. Now, under the organizational context, that kind of talks about the circumstances in which the organization does their change. So you have the history of change and then you have the conflicts. So conflicts is more about like the social interactions and whether there are interpersonal issues or groups involved with the implementation projects, uh, kind of like, you know, project managers, project champions, team members, if they have any kind of like uh, conflicting interests and stuff like that. In terms of organizational flexibility, it's really about whether the organizational is agile or adaptable to, uh, to change and whether they are more adaptable than other works. And then you have the change target attributes, which we talked about was collective self-efficacy. So this refers to the confidence of the people working on the project or using the product to succeed. So again, it's a part of a social learning theory thing. So Bandura's social learning theory suggests that employees that feel comfortable with their present skill set believe that a different skill required to successfully execute a new job requirement can be mastered, such that they will be able to regain comfort felt prior to the change. So this was another measure that they had. So these were like the different hypotheses that they had. And of the two studies, they found six of their nine hypotheses to actually be supported. So yeah, again, like if you want to see more detailed uh, information about this, the article link is in the show notes and you can check out the results, the actual graphs that they use, their full discussion points. But yeah, this is just a quick kind of overview about what this article was about and, you know, how important it is about having an organization be ready for a change before doing a change. All right. If you like our show, please share with your friends, or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Slack group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there. And I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy. CIT and me, and remember, technology is a tool, patient care is the goal.